Welcome to the Daniel Yours Podcast. Today, I'll be talking about supplements and how I use them. Let's go. When I was in first year of university, we had a series of guest lectures by some of the upper year profs, and one of the ones that stood out to me the most was by Dr. Joe Baker. He began his lecture by trying to tell us first years about the importance and the significance of the field that we were getting into and how we might impact other people's lives throughout our careers. And he did this by telling a story where throughout his academic and professional career, people have always been searching for the magic pill to help with weight loss, help with strength gain, help with muscle mass and reduce blood pressure and sleep better and all of these things. And that this pill hadn't been invented yet. So until then, we're just going to have to rely on exercise and movement and leading a healthy lifestyle with healthy habits. And I thought that was extremely clever because, of course, he's right. There's no magic pill. We would all love that if that were the case, but it's not the way it is. However, we do have the tools and the answers to all of these issues. We just have to actually do them. And so that really stuck with me as something to kind of base a lot of the way that I think about many, many things and this concept of this magic pill that we're all that we're all looking for. And it's just, it would be great if it existed, but it doesn't. So let's just get the job done with what we have because we know it works. Now, on this concept of magic pills, I want to take today to speak about supplements and how I think about them, how I use them myself. I'll talk about my three favorite supplements that I use and kind of how and why and when I use them, as well as I'll just give my rapid fire thoughts on some other supplements that uh, you will for sure have heard of and maybe used or maybe are considered using. And the reason I think this is an important topic to cover is because there's so much nonsense about supplements, and there's a lot of good stuff about supplements out there as well. However, there's just a lot, so it can be really difficult to navigate and cut through it. And the marketing of them is done extremely well, and people spend a lot of money on these things in improper ways, in my opinion. So I want to try and help cut through some of that noise and, and just give you my thoughts on how I think about them and how you might think about them as well. One thing that's important to get out of the way off the top here is that I am not a medical professional. Everything you're going to hear here is just my opinion and shouldn't be taken as medical advice for you specifically. This is just a reflection of what I do, what's worked for me, what's worked in my experience and how I think about him. But if you are going to consider taking anything, definitely consult with your doctor or medical professional of some sort um, because all this information is very individualized. And again, this is just what I do and what works for me. So first and foremost, my view of supplements is in the exact title of what they are, and that is supplements. Supplements are something to supplement the rest of your diet and lifestyle. They are not a replacement for living a shitty, unhealthy life. No amount of supplements is going to replace sleeping three hours a night and eating cheeseburgers all the time and you know drinking alcohol every day, every day of the week. I'm sure your lifestyle is not that extreme, but just to paint the picture that these are not going to replace the bad habits you have. They are simply going to supplement the good habits that you have. So before really considering taking any supplements, I highly encourage anyone, myself, clients, anybody to think about the things that you're doing. And can you just clean up some of the habits that you currently have? If yes, then do that first before you think about the supplement because it's easy to just take a pill or mix in a little powder and some water. It's pretty easy to do that. It's not easy to get your sleep in, get your exercise in daily, eat your vegetables and get enough protein in and all that stuff. So if you're not doing the basic things right, then really consider that instead of just turning to supplements to fix your problems. The other side of this is being very realistic that supplements cost money. There are cheap supplements, there are expensive supplements, but if you're going to take it all the time trying to solve your problems, I assume you don't have an endless 
supply of money to just be spending hundreds or thousands of dollars on supplements every month. And so that's something to certainly consider in all this as well. Is that $50 bottle of whatever worth your 50 bucks or could that $50 be better spent elsewhere? And even if you're saying, oh, it's an investment in my health, it's fine. I totally agree with that. I like that thought. But even within your health, could that $50 be spent better? In many cases, I would assume that the answer is yes, that that 50 bucks could be better spent or you know accumulated over time and pays for your gym membership, pays for a set of dumbbells at home, pays for some coaching one-on-one or some classes or a course or something, anything. So these are just some of the things to consider when thinking about, should I even begin to think about taking any supplement? On the concept of money in terms of supplements, it's important thing to talk about because supplements are not something that you should try and cheap out on and, and neither is any food or anything that you put in your body for sure. But supplements specifically, and this is just because of the way that they're regulated or lack thereof, where there are ways that some companies can get away with using cheap ingredients or incorrect ingredients, putting things in the bottle that are not on the label or putting things on the label that are not in the bottle. And so you don't want to be walking into a store and trying to buy the cheapest thing available. There are some third-party regulators or testers that the companies themselves have to pay out of their own pocket to have these testing and put that label on their bottle. And these are the ones that you should be going for. Now, they're naturally more expensive, but you kind of get what you pay for. So that's just one thing to consider. I'm not going to talk about brands and the things that I use specifically, but just be careful that you're not buying the cheapest thing available and that you are buying from reputable companies. And a quick Google search can tell you whether the company is reputable and who is representing them and what testing facilities they used, where it's manufactured and, and all of these things. So just a heads up on that. I personally use a handful of different supplements for different times of the year and different purposes in terms of my training cycle and just what's going on in life. But I want to talk about just my three favorite ones overall today and how I use them, why I use them, and whether they would be for you or how I would recommend them to someone. So the first thing that I want to talk about is simply protein powder. And I kind of hesitated to put this on here because I almost I almost don't really consider it a supplement because it's just food, really. It's not better or worse than eating a piece of chicken breast or whatever other protein sources you want to get, animal protein source. <laughs> and so its real value is simply in the convenience of it. However, this is this is why it's so important and why I use it. So many of us simply don't eat enough protein. And sometimes it's because you, you know, simply don't like eating high protein foods. Sometimes you didn't get to go grocery shopping. Sometimes you're just out and about on the go. You have plenty of food prepared at home, but you're, you know, in a busy gym all day or at work or, you know, with your kids or whatever the case may be for you. And so you just need that quick fill of protein. Sometimes you might just be not hungry enough. And so having a protein shake is an easy way to hit your protein targets for the day without stuffing your face with more chicken breast. So that's why I think it's extremely valuable and something that I have on hand all the time. I don't use it all the time or every day or cyclical or anything like that. I just simply have it around and when I feel like I need a little extra protein, then I will have it. Again, I really want to stress that it's not better or worse than regular meat or fish or whatever. It's simply more convenient. So there's no special value in slugging back a protein shake 35 seconds after you finish working out. It's just the same as eating real food. In fact, eat real food when you can and use protein powder for its convenience. So just pay attention to that, that it is not magic in any way. It's just a replacement for real food when you can't for any reason get real food in. A quick note on just the types of protein powder, because I know that there are tons of them out there. 
whey protein is probably the one that you've heard of and the most common one. It's generally the highest potency and the best quality of protein. So I would recommend using that. However, if you can't handle dairy, if you're lactose intolerant or lactose sensitive or anything like that, then definitely stay away from whey and probably use a beef or beef collagen powder. The vegan options are fine. Personally, I've never used uh, a vegan protein powder, but if you are vegan, then go for it. I would certainly consider having some lying around all the time if you struggle to get in protein or e- even if you don't and you regularly get in enough protein, there are times when you don't and it's not like it goes bad in a month. It'll stay for a long time. So I think it's a good idea just to have some around just for convenience sake. It's right there, easy to get at. And there are other ways to mix it up. I like to mix it with just plain Greek yogurt as well and have it like that. And of course, I'm uh, partial to chocolate. So I'll always use a chocolate flavor and it tastes kind of like dessert, but it's protein filled. And so I'm not trying to make some sort of dessert thing, but it's just chocolate flavored. So you don't always have to have it in a shake. It doesn't have to be disgusting. You can use the vanilla one and mix it in something else that tastes better to you and, and is delicious and enjoyable. However, with smoothies in general, just as a note on that is be careful of your smoothies and you can have a protein shake and that's fine. But when you start mixing all kinds of other ingredients in there and now your protein shake is 1200 calories, you got to be careful with that. Like having, you know, four scoops of peanut butter in your protein shake. Well, now it's, there's protein in there, but there's a whole lot of other stuff in there too. And if you're paying attention to that and that's your intention, then by all means, go right ahead. There's nothing inherently wrong with that at all. However, it's something that people think, oh, a smoothie is healthy. A smoothie is healthy. But if you're trying to lose weight and you're drinking a 1500 calorie protein shake along with the rest of your regular food, then, you know, weight loss is going to be quite difficult. So just be wary of that. And again, use it as a source of extra protein for convenience sake only. Second up, we have creatine. And this is certainly my favorite actual workout supplement in terms of increasing or helping with performance in the gym and all that kind of stuff. It's one of the most researched, most effective, safest, and cheapest supplements available. And even like the high quality brands and names are still relatively cheap. You can get a kilo for probably 15 or 20 bucks max. And the kilo will last you a long time, probably more than a year. It is not a steroid, despite what some people think. And I think the reason that people think that is because it's pretty effective. And so like, oh my God, you must be taking steroids. No, it's not a steroid. It's something that is commonly found in food and animal products specifically. And so it's just naturally occurring thing that's already in our body. And we're just taking a little bit more to up the stores in our body. Now, the way that creatine works is again, by upping these storage levels. So what it really does is it improves your ability to push a little bit harder in the gym by giving you a little bit extra power, a little bit extra endurance for those all important, you know, last two to three reps of an exercise or of your workout where these are the ones that matter. And so in in isolation, getting an extra two reps doesn't matter, but over time it does. And these are the ones that are the hardest reps to get through. So if you can accumulate more of those, then your improvement in strength development or muscle development or whatever it is, will will be greater over time. And this is how creatine works. If you just take creatine and sit on the couch, and nothing's going to happen to you. So it's not magic in any way. It just allows you to train harder so that you can then have better results. Creatine is most effective if you're already training really hard. And I want to stress that because again, it's not magic. It doesn't do something special to you. It just allows you to push harder, push a little bit past your limit. But if you're not already training at your limit, it's not, it's not going to do anything for you. So you need to consider, well, am I actually training hard? If yes, then maybe creatine give you that extra couple percent. If no, then, you know, <laughs> blast the music and get to work because that's what you need to do. 
Creatine is not something that I take all the time. It's something that I only take when I'm in more serious phases or periods of training. And even then, I don't take it throughout the whole time. So going back to the concept of pushing past your limit a little bit, I'll never take it at the beginning of a hard phase of training. And the reason is because I want to make sure that I'm actually pushing to my limit and then the creatine is going to get me a little bit past that. And so it takes a while to ramp up to really pushing to your max or near your max intensity. So for example, when gyms open up here in Toronto, whenever that's going to be, I plan on going really hard for the next however long we'll be able to. Um, But I won't take creatine off the bat. I won't take it for probably the first month to six weeks and kind of gauge how I'm feeling at that point. And when I feel like I'm sort of reaching my limit of how hard I can go, then I'll start adding the creatine in and, and push a little bit more. Now, that's not right or wrong. This is just the way I do it. There is certainly a real effect that's occurring for me anyways. It's not just a placebo effect, but I do like to know that I can push to my limit on my own and then get that extra little help with the creatine afterwards. And it, and it always helps me and I feel great using it. It has some mental clarity effects as well, which are, which are always cool. So it's something to consider. But again, after you're already kind of pushing towards your limit is when you should consider it. If you're not there, then you just got to, you just got to grind a little harder. If you're quite new to exercise, I, I would probably not consider this or recommend it simply because there are so many other things that need to happen on your journey where you need to learn how to even use your body and learn how to push towards your limits. If, if you're not someone who was an athlete as a child, and you never played sports, and you never really grinded hard physically, then it's hard to understand how much your body can push. And this is something I see time and time again, where we all have a little bit more in us than we think we do, but it needs to be it needs to be unlocked. And we need to be pushed to those new new limits and new heights. And so until you can kind of get up there with your training and your awareness of your own body, then then definitely don't consider this. It's not something that's really going to help you or make a difference either way. And on the other side, if you have been training for some time, and you are genuinely training difficult, and I don't mean this is what I mean. If you're someone who goes to the gym and say, oh my God, I'm sweating. You don't train hard because, <laughs> because if you say that, then, then you're, you're going to the gym for, I don't know what you're doing, but if you genuinely train hard and you don't get caught up in this, like, oh my God, I'm sweating, then, you know, you're probably pushing harder. At, at least you're on the right path. And so if that's you, then maybe it's something to consider. If not, then again, I said it five or six times now already, but you just got to grind. Now, the third thing that I want to talk about in a little bit more detail today is not something that is super tangible like creatine is. You're not going to notice any differences per se in the gym or in your regular life really, but it's vitamin D. So as someone who lives in Toronto, lives in Canada, we don't get a lot of sunshine here throughout most of the year and or even in the summer. For me specifically, I'm so fair that I can't be outside for that long without sunscreen on, without getting sunburned. And so even then in the summer, I question sometimes whether I'm getting enough vitamin D in from the sun. So if you live anywhere north, you are likely vitamin deficient to some extent and definitely go get a blood test and you know get this checked and see where you're at and that'll help determine the dosages and whatnot that you should be taking. I I think vitamin D is actually not something that is covered by OHIP here in Ontario and so you got to kind of beg your doctor a little bit to (laughs) let them even test for it which is silly but it's a different (laughs) different topic. So definitely get that tested if you can. If not you're more than likely than not vitamin D deficient anyway. So talk to your doctor about it and then determine a dosage from there. Now for me, vitamin D is something I take nearly year round, certainly more in the winter time and when there's periods of no sun. It's not something tangible that I can really describe to you, but I do feel better just overall. I feel more energetic. I just feel more upbeat. I feel like I sleep better. I feel like my gym performance and my 
cognitive performance is a little bit better. So it's hard to it's hard to put a put a number on what exactly is improving, but overall feeling of wellness is definitely something that improves. For most of the year, I just take a maintenance level dose of 4,000 IUs per day, which is again, that's for me, not necessarily for you, but this is just where I've tested many, many times with lower, higher and whatnot. And this is where I feel best and where the blood work suggests the same. I always take it in the morning with breakfast. You've got to take it with some food because it's fat soluble. So it needs the fat content in the stomach in order to properly be digested and absorbed. And it's better to take it in earlier in the day rather than later in the day to somewhat simulate when you would be getting vitamin D from the sun. You don't want to be getting it or taking it at nighttime when it's dark outside because you're just messing with the circadian rhythms a little bit. Now, maybe that's a little bit too far. Whether that makes a drastic difference or not, probably not, but this is just how I do it. If you're interested in more details, far more detailed than I can deliver, there is a woman named Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who is an excellent researcher. I believe her podcast and her website and social media is called Found My Fitness, and she is extremely good at articulating that research and teaching it to us in a way that makes sense and makes it sensible to take vitamin D seriously because it's something that we're almost all deprived of, especially in North America or anywhere north in the world, and should be certainly considered for all of us. So those are my top three favorites that I've always got on hand and always have around because I'm always using them and always need them. I definitely think that they are applicable and safe for many, many people. I don't think that everyone should take all of them or any of them at all, but I think that they're something to be considered for most people. I want to just rapid fire off a couple other ones that I use, again, intermittently, not all the time and for different reasons, but they are magnesium, which is something that I find is great for muscle recovery, especially when I'm training really hard. A lot of people find that it helps a lot with their sleep. Personally, I sleep great, so I don't think that magnesium has that much of an effect on my sleep, but people find that. Zinc, again, overall health, just wellness, not a tangible effect. You just feel better while you're taking it. Omega-3, certainly a big one for inflammation. Definitely if you're injured or otherwise inflamed for any reason is something that should also be considered and probably one of the ones that can always be taken at a maintenance dose throughout your life. And this is something that I take almost all the time as well. I don't use these anymore, but I've used them in the past as like the greens powders. They're becoming more common. I see them now. And I would consider these the same as protein powders where they're not better or magic or anything like that. But if you struggle for any reason to get enough vegetables in, then consider greens powder as an easy way to get your greens in. And the last sort of class of supplements that I've always been interested in and have always gone back to and tried many different ones are nootropics, which are supplements that are aimed at cognitive function. And so these should have a more tangible effect where you take it and you can get into some deep work, whether that's being creative, whether that's writing, researching, reading, you know, whatever it may be. And there are some good ones. There's a lot of bad ones out there, but there are some good ones that have that have worked. Again, it's not something you take regularly. You take it when you need it. But there's a lot of interesting research and work being done in this space. And so I'm always watching it and always looking for something that will help. But again, if you're not sleeping right, if you're not eating right, is nootropic is not going to save you from not being able to focus. And no, if you're wondering, it's not Adderall and Ritalin and whatever these off-label pharmaceutical drugs. I'm talking about actual you know, vitamin mineral complexes that are aimed at improving brain function and brain health. Now, as a trainer and someone who's been interested in fitness and health for a long time, I've fallen into the trap of taking many supplements over time. I've taken a whole bunch of different stuff, tried a lot of different things. Some of it I took because I was like kind of skeptical. I was like, oh, this is like... You know, a lot of people talk about it. The guy at the Popeye store kind of sold me on it, but let me just, I, I'm not really buying it, but 
let me just see what it's like because someone might ask me one day and I want to know what it, what it's like. So there's a lot of these things that, you know, you mess around with them. I, I have not really ever stuck with any of them. I've never noticed anything different about really any of them. So most things you can, you can just kind of save your money and save your time on it and definitely ask someone who, who knows and who's tried it first. Because again, these things are all very sexy and promise big results, but they very rarely deliver. A couple of them that I just want to list off as things that I think are a complete waste in almost all cases real fast is the first one for sure is pre-workout. I've never really understood. I've used them and, you know, I guess I'm someone who drinks coffee. So I would probably need a little bit of a higher dose than, than what's on the label to get some sort of effect. But really just drink coffee. It's cheaper. It's healthier. It's more delicious than the, you know, sugar filled powders. And I don't understand the obsession with dry scooping the pre-workout, like just mix it with water and drink it as it's supposed to be consumed. But you know, whatever. I think they're a waste of money. I think there are far too many chemicals and nonsense in them. And you can just get the same effects by drinking a coffee, taking a nap, doing some breath work before you work out and whatever. So save your money on that. Intro workout and BCAAs, again, you're not working that hard that you need intro workout. If you're not an Olympic athlete or a top-level professional athlete, I promise you you're not working hard, hard enough to actually benefit from that. And this is just something that, again, it's they're relatively cheap, so they're easy to sell. They taste great. They have cool colors and all that stuff, but the actual benefits that you're getting for them are pretty much zero, so save your money on that as well. And the last one is just any type of fat burner. I would actually probably use a fat burner more than any of the other three that I just mentioned. I would actually never use those other three. But a fat burner, I might use it for myself or for a client, someone who is already extremely lean and just trying to get that last percent or two down. And I mean like someone who's less than 10% already and trying to get to 8 or 7%. Because at that level of leanness, it's very difficult to keep getting leaner if that's what you want. Obviously, that's not what most people want. But if that's what someone does want, then sometimes just a little bit of help will get you there. So the fat burners, they do work. It's just that it's not doesn't solve your problem of being in a caloric deficit. So if you're not already extremely lean, the fat burner is not making enough of a difference. But when you are already extremely lean, your potential for becoming more lean is very low. And so you need that little extra boost, or you may need that little extra boost just to get there. But if you're not already extremely lean, I would never use it. And and I've not been that lean in a very long time. And even when I was, I wasn't using it. So it's, again, it's not necessary. It's something that I wouldn't think of first. I would do a lot of other things before I go to that. But just as a way to think of it, it's not solving your problems. It's not saving you. It's only getting you that last little percent when you're near the very, very end of as lean as you want to get. There are, of course, hundreds or thousands of other supplements out there, and I'm not going to go through every single one of them in detail. This podcast will be 15 hours long, but um, I hope this gives you a general outlook on how I think about supplements and what I use and why I use them. So just to recap it, protein powder, always a really good one to have around just for convenience is the biggest thing, but not something that should be relied on. Creatine, something I use to just get that extra push in the gym when I'm already training really hard. And I believe I forgot to mention it, but creatine monohydrate is the is the one that you want. It's the simplest and most basic form, also the cheapest form of it. There are many other fancy forms of it. They're not necessary. They're just not doing anything else for you. And the last one is vitamin D, something again that is just going to help improve our overall health and something that should strongly be considered if you live in Canada or anywhere north or for any reason don't get enough sunshine all year round. My overall recommendation on supplements is that you should be extremely critical of yourself when you are thinking about buying or using any supplement because chances are there is something in your general lifestyle that you can improve first and just save your money and your time 
with the supplements. Because again, they are supposed to supplement your lifestyle, not replace your bad habits. So until those things are kind of cleaned up, then that's when you can consider using supplements or should consider using supplements. But until then, really take a hard look at what you're doing and what you can improve on and do that first before before getting into the supplements. I know that supplements are extremely well marketed. They are always promised to over deliver results and this you know, famous influencer uses this supplement and that's how they got the way that they are. Maybe it helps. I mean, supplements certainly work. They don't they're not just sugar in a bottle. There, there are probably some of them that are, but in general, like the good ones, they work, but they don't offset everything else you're doing. They work in conjunction with doing all of the right things, with training hard, with training properly, with sleeping well, with eating properly. And so again, try your best not to fall into the trap. Definitely reach out to me and ask me if there's something that you think and I can give you my best recommendation, but just be very critical of the things that you see and really think hard about whether or not you should be using them. I hope you found this helpful in terms of understanding how I as a fitness professional think about supplements and how I use them for myself. They're not a magic pill, unfortunately, but they do have their place and their time for each of us individually, just like everything else. So again, if you found this helpful, I would love it if you were able to share this with a friend, if you are able to subscribe on whatever podcast platform it is that you use and leave a rating and review on iTunes if you're on Apple. That really goes a long way in helping the show and spreading the message because that's what it's all about. So until then, be critical. Train hard, and we'll see you next time.